Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to today's, today's episode of 219 Green Connect, where we explore topics about green living and other fresh ideas in Northwest Indiana. For past show archives, news, and upcoming events, you can check out our website at 219greenconnect.com or join us on Facebook or Twitter. Our ID on both Facebook and Twitter is 219 Green Connect. You can also subscribe to this podcast via iTunes. I am calling live from a very special uh, episode of 219 Green Connect. I am live on location today during the second day of a two-day climate camp for teens held at Prairie Winds Nature Farm in Lakeville, Indiana. The program was organized by Youth Power Indiana, a project of Earth Charter Indiana for youth-driven climate stewardship and civic leadership. I have with me Jim Poiser, Executive Director, and I'm going to let him kick off and just describe a little bit about what brought this climate camp to being. Sure. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Jim Poiser. I'm Director of Youth Power Indiana as well, and we have a couple of our youth organizers here today, and uh, that's what's so exciting to me. We've been doing these climate camps, which, which are these immersion experiences for youth age 7 to 17, and uh, really we, we like to combine the consensus science around climate change with art and fun and theater and policy and politics all rolled into one great experience. We've been doing that in Indianapolis uh, for a year. We have a week-long camp we do at Eagle Creek Park and then some day camps. So this uh, climate camp movement is growing. Well, it was a wonderful surprise to hear from my dear friend Charlotte Wolf that she had heard about climate camp and wanted to uh, talk about having a climate camp here on her farm. So uh, let's ask her about that, shall we? Charlotte. Hi. So glad to have you guys. So what what inspired you to uh, contact me about climate camp? Well, I figured the summer is a great time to have kids overnighting, and I wanted to have an overnight camp so that kids could have the opportunity to experience nature at our learning farm and also to gather some food to eat here at the farm and cook uh, cook their own meal. And just wanted to also invite you and your energy and enthusiasm to northern Indiana and try to spread the, the climate camp around the state, I guess. Oh, that's such, a, such an inspiring idea. So any of you that are listening that might want to get involved with that, please contact us. But you know what? Maybe we should hear from some of the youths that uh, have been at the climate camp these past 36 hours or more or less. Well, we have students from a couple of different schools. Also, we're so happy to have some students from Indianapolis area, and some of the students are here from Good Shepherd Montessori School, which goes up through the eighth grade and has a land-based program where the kids do learn about some of the issues that are pertinent to climate change. And some of those kids uh, have carried it a little step further and have done their own projects and uh, have explored these topics in more depth. So, so yeah, so we have a combination of kids from Indianapolis and from the South Bend area. And also, actually, one more city, West Lafayette. And, and actually, that 
that person, Iris, is sitting right here with us as well. So, Iris, why don't you talk to everyone about your experience at climate camp? Uh, so I came to the first original week-long climate camp about a year ago, and I had already kind of had, like, an involvement in climate change, and I had an idea of what it was. But I didn't know how youth could get involved. And it's kind of been like an, uh, a mind-blowing experience to kind of realize that youth can make a change. Like there was just this, um, an event in Eugene, Washington, where the youth were able to... Eugene, Oregon. Eugene, Oregon. Did I say Washington? <laughs> Eugene, Oregon. And, um, I mean, I think that's just an, like the coolest thing ever, that youth are able to get the government to do things. And for me, it, uh, I want to go into politics eventually, and it's been a really good way to kind of get an experience in how to get involved in politics and climate change and make a difference. That's great. Thank you, Iris. And, and, and Kathy, thanks so much for this opportunity. This really is a spontaneous gathering um, as we, as the youth uh, uh, come up and, and chat about their experience for climate change. Please uh, say your, your age as well. Iris, how old are you? 17. 17. Okay. Next. Great. Thanks so much. I just have to say how impressed I am with hearing these young people today. I wish I had been here yesterday as well, but I'm Glad to get this on a podcast so we can share their wonderful information with everyone. All right. And hi, my name is Matthew. Um, I just recently turned 16. Um, I'm an alum from Good Shepherd Montessori School. Um, I'm going to be going into my sophomore year of high school at Adams. And uh, the reason that I wanted to do this climate camp was because coming from Good Shepherd, we talk a lot about sustainability and topics like that, big world issues. Um, but um, last year, my freshman year, when I went into high school, I kind of missed that for a whole year. We didn't really talk about that a lot in my school. Didn't have opportunities um, like what I had before. Um, and so this summer, I heard that this was going on. I uh, had the opportunity to meet Jim before, and uh, I knew it was going to be great. So, um, And it's it's not disappointed. It's had everything that I thought it was going to be. Um, it's just great to be with a bunch of other um, kids and teenagers that, um, it, sure, it's a small group, but we can do so much, and we're so motivated, and um, we all are very passionate, and that's just great to be around. Uh brings lots of uh, energy. Thank you very much. Okay, and please, again, state your name and your, your background, your school. So, hi, I'm Julia. I'm 14, and I just recently graduated from Good Shepherd. So I came across Climate Camp because I helped Charlotte a lot in the summer with her youth camps around the farm, and I've always just been fascinated with preserving the earth, especially after doing some academic conferences at my school where I was fortunate enough to meet Jim. And so when I heard that they were doing a collaboration camp, I was immediately super psyched and just really wanted to sign up. And it's it's been really uh, inspiring to just be with a group of kids who are my age who are already doing so much um, and be able to just start spreading the word about climate change awareness and all the things that we can do to help. Um, I've written some articles for different things promoting sustainability because I just really think we do have so much power, uh, even just in this room, to create change. So it's basically combined uh, three things that I really love and has just been wonderful. Great. Thank you so much for sharing. And up next. Hi, uh, I'm Tomas. Uh, I'm 
14. I also just recently graduated from Good Shepherd, and I'm going on to St. Joe High School. And uh, I came across this camp because I I, I moved uh, to South Bend from Seattle last year in August or so, um, and I I really uh, I'm I they were talking about an academic conference. Uh, as Julia mentioned, and uh, I I was thinking about, you know, uh, how about I do, it, the topic was food, and I wanted to raise awareness for farm workers, so, uh, which are a group of, they are people who pick our fruit uh, and, our, and our vegetables and are usually not very well paid. Uh, there at the academic conference, I gave my presentation, and I met Jim Poyser, and uh, he invited me to come to this camp, uh, to speak in another thing, which I unfortunately wasn't able to go to, but uh, to come to this camp, and I've always had a kind of a passive awareness of climate change, but this this camp has given me a more active uh, reason to believe in kind of thing. So, yeah. Well, your talk was great. Really enjoyed your presentation on farm workers, and I'm sure you're going to be doing something equally as impressive with climate change eventually. <laughs> so very, very nice to meet you. And up next. Hi, I'm Beth, and I'm actually from Washington State. I did not plan on coming to this camp. I was just visiting my friend Tomas, and I knew just him and his friend Julia when I came here, but I feel it was very welcoming, the camp. We had a lot of educational activities, like the presentations, and we got to work in the garden. But there were also a lot of very nice bonding experiences we've had, and it was a very nice experience and very educational. I learned a lot about climate change, and we watched some videos that really inspired me to write something and do something in my local community. That's great. What do you think you'll write? Uh, I have no idea. I love writing essays, so maybe sending something in like Julia did to a paper. Interesting. Great, thank you. We were really this is Charlotte, and we were really fortunate to have Lisa Harris here last night, and she she did a, about an hour long session, inspiring us to explore what areas we might want to write about, how to write from our hearts, and we all shared different ideas about what we might want to write about. So I thought that was that was very good. Yeah, Lisa Harris, a good friend of mine who I've interviewed on a previous episode about writing, and she blogs under the name The Savory Muse. So if you want to learn more about her, you can look up that episode. And up next. Hi, my name is Emily Roberts. I am actually an intern for Jim Poyser over at Earth Charter Indiana, and this is my first overnight climate camp experience. And truthfully, I wish this was something that had existed when I was um, a teenager and, and much younger because what an incredible experience it has been um, these are some of the most intelligent kids I have ever seen. They were talking about permaculture and, and farm workers and gendered foods, and these are things I didn't learn about until my freshman year of college or later. And so I'm just incredibly impressed to see not only their knowledge but their dedication and their passion and how, how well they've come together over the last um, 36 hours or so because I think such an important part of the environmental movement is, is fostering the sense of community, and it really is thriving here at this camp. Well, I completely second that motion about these being some of the most intelligent kids I've ever witnessed. It's just been incredible. I uh, told Charlotte I would do a presentation on permaculture. Usually when I bring up that topic, 
I get glassy-eyed stares. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. Everybody knew the topic already here. <laughs> so I had very little work to do. Thank you so much, Emily, for sharing that. And up next. Hi, my name is Maddie Brooks. I am uh, 14 and from Indianapolis. I just recently graduated from a long-time uh, school project, Libertas. Um, I haven't always been involved with climate change like Iris. I uh, was one of the first climate campers last summer. Um, and after that, I just kind of, you know, fell in love with the topic. I've become super dedicated. Um, but one of my favorite aspects is the power of the power that youth can have. And one of my main focuses is trying to empower and teach the youth that they can do something if they put their heart and mind to it. Great. Can you tell me a little bit about your project? I'm not familiar with the name Libertas. Um, project Libertas, it is a, um, it's a school. Uh, we were originally the project school, um, but a few years ago, our we were a charter school, and a few years ago, our charter was uh, rescinded by Mayor Ballard, um, and it was it was taken away two weeks before school was started or was supposed to be starting. And so community members from our school um, got together and, you know, kind of was freaking out because they didn't know how we were going to take care of all these kids already enrolled for the next year. Um, So it sounds like you have a long history in getting community organized, even maybe not around climate change issues? Oh, yeah, that's – we – my dad and I, we've always kind of, you know, been leaders in our communities. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of our, you know, biggest passions to get people together, get people thinking. Yeah. Well, it's so nice to have you all the way up from Indianapolis. Thank you so much for coming. I want to make sure we get through everybody and then we can circle circle through and maybe do some sharing about things learned or next actions that people plan to take. Next up, we have with us. Hi, I'm Daniel. I'm 13. I go to Good Shepherd. I'm in eighth grade. And um, my brother signed up for the climate camp, and I, that's how I heard about it. And I didn't have, uh, I had an interest, but I didn't know, didn't know that much about um, climate change so much. So I thought this would be a good way for me to get to know um, Jim Poyser and different people who have a background in it and for me to learn more about it, climate change. Well, thank you. So is there any one thing that, you can think of that you learned that you felt was important to share? Um, well, I know a lot of people have said already, but the power that youth has and that they can really make a difference, and I found that that was interesting. Great. Well, that's just so wonderful to hear from all ages. And Charlotte <laughs> has something to say. Well, I just wanted to bring up that one of the thing activities important activities that I thought of as since this is a learning farm, I decided that food might be a really good topic and the teens agreed that was one of the attractions is that we were going to feed them. And they were responsible for basically harvesting most of the food for their dinner. And I also had some food stockpiled so we ate a pretty local meal together that these teens cooked over an open fire for a large group, 
from raw materials. And that's not always that easy. And I, I want to commend them for being able to put together a really delicious meal from these uh, fresh ingredients. And, yeah, I think all all of them participated in that process. So plug for local food there. <laughs> yeah, and as we discussed, there's so many solutions to climate change. I think sometimes people think it's only political or it's only, you know, oil or it's only this or that. But local food is certainly a very achievable way that everybody can make a difference. We also, I want to say, um, used as part of the curriculum today a book that was written by a local author, Randy Jamrock. Uh, He wrote the book Permaculture Solutions to Climate Change, and I also interviewed Randy during a previous episode, so I'll link to that in the show notes. There are a lot of pieces of the puzzle that he learned at uh, an international permaculture congress in Cuba back in 2013, and it does detail a lot of the same kinds of solutions that we're talking about today. And Julia, correct? Julia had a great quote before. We were talking about um, how sometimes political topics such as climate change can be somewhat divisive. But she said something that I think is really worth repeating. So can you go ahead and tell us what that was, Julia? I was just thinking about the whole idea of climate change. And I said, well, using climate change to degrade other people doesn't make sense because the point of climate change is to live in harmony. And that would be harmony between other people, between people and the earth. It's really just uh, all about balancing relationships, um, which I thought is such a beautiful thing about Charlotte's Farm and about this camp. Uh, I don't know, that just came to mind as sort of a a way to think about it. Um, One of the things that we were talking about, like what can we do, one of the things that started to come up, now it's not anywhere really fully in the making yet, but just talking about like how can we make the city of South Bend a more um, climate change aware and active city in um, the field of sustainability. So we're talking with people, just trying to um, sort of figure out who in South Bend is interested in that because we would like South Bend to be one of the first cities um, to pass some sort of ordinance that would help um, stop climate change because we do need to live in harmony. Great. That was a really inspirational video. And I wonder if anybody else would like to say more about that particular video that uh, youth, youth Power was kind of inspired from the actions out of Eugene, Oregon. And I think Jim Poyser will tell us a little bit more. Sure. Actually, my, my job at Earth Charter Indiana is to generate uh, uh, knowledge uh, about climate change uh, uh, and some possible avenues of dealing with it. We're inspired by Our Children's Trust, which is based in Oregon and has been responsible for numerous statewide efforts to create climate action plans, to hold elected officials accountable, and to appeal to people in power, in leadership everywhere, to recognize that we're creating an unlivable planet for future generations. So who better than youth to speak to that? And that's what inspires me every day is meeting youth like the ones that I've met recently here working with youth over a period of time, listening to their feelings, listening to their thoughts, and listening to their wisdom. So we, uh, we have a lot of precedents uh, established throughout the country and throughout the world, actually, in how people can get involved on a grassroots level to uh, grapple with this complex issue of climate change and rise above discussions, disputes, well, not rise above discussions, that's what we want to have as discussions, rise above the disputes and keep our eyes on the children. 
along those lines, Jim and two of the teens that attended uh, here were involved in a summit with Al Gore and a training on climate change. And we're going to let them share a little bit about their experience training with Al Gore. So first off, again, here we go. Um, I'm Iris. I talked a little bit before. And Maddie and I got the amazing chance to go to the Climate Reality Project leadership training where um, Al Gore started this, um, I'm not quite sure how long ago, they started after an inconvenient truth. After an inconvenient truth. And so it was, um, we got to learn how to communicate with people about climate change, learn a lot of the facts, what's going on, listen to a lot of really great panelists uh, talk about their involvement with it, how agriculture relates to climate change, how we can help solve it, a lot of cool things. Um, but I think what I'm, the the biggest one of the biggest things that impressed me the most was all of the people there gathered as a community because we were there for the same thing. Um, it, it was great to see how well everyone got together. Um, Iris and I, we made tons of friends, a lot of people I still keep in touch with. Um, overall, it was just a great experience. Uh, I learned so many new things. I was so empowered. Um, Mr. Gore's presentation was truly amazing. I think for me, the most empowering moment there was realizing how many people are there to support you. And it's not, climate change isn't something that's just happening either across the world. It's happening everywhere, even if it's not obvious. And it, it was really cool to hear people's stories to see how climate change has affected their lives and to kind of share how climate change has affected my life with them. Well, there actually was one denier, wasn't there? Yeah. Uh, so there was one guy there who um, actually denied climate change, which is really interesting because you have to fill out um, an application and you have to answer all these questions. Um, so it was kind of weird to think about how he got accepted if he's a climate denier. I think, oh, didn't he end up saying that he can reconsider his yeah, opinions on it, could. which was really amazing that just this, like, a two-, three-day conference is able to, kind of, you know, once you see all the facts and the data behind it, it's really easy to change your mind because the evidence yeah. is there and it supports it. So the Climate Reality Project, this is Jim, uh, grew out of the Inconvenient Truth documentary and now is a worldwide effort to train people like myself, Iris, and Maddie, and any of the people that have attended this climate camp to become uh, community spokespeople for planet Earth and to educate about climate change and most importantly to talk about solutions. Jim, I'm wondering if you could share with some people that might be listening where people can go to become empowered or educated, some of the resources that might be available on your site. If you can give your website or any other good resources uh, to let people know how they can get involved. Um, sure. And I know that your, your uh, audience is very hip to this, very, very savvy. I'm sure they have great resources. Um, EarthCharterIndiana.org is our website. Um, climate uh, camp-related material can be found at youthpowerindiana.com. And the Climate Reality Project is always going into trainings. The trainings are free. You have to make your way to the city where you're going. 
um, and then pitch a tent or whatever. But the, the trainings themselves are free. The next one is in Miami. At the end of September, we're anticipating a very powerful training session because the Paris Conference of Parties is coming up at the end of November where every country on the planet has got to get into a room and we need to figure out what we're going to do to uh, reduce the impact of, of, of climate change on uh, this generation and coming generations. So keep your eye on Climate Reality Project website. You can look that up. You can apply to be uh, a um, leadership core trainee, and keep doing what all you're doing to uh, educate yourselves about climate change. Who else wants to talk here? So it's Julia again. Uh, I don't have too long here, but uh, as I was talking about earlier, one of the things that really got me interested in activism and sort of sharing my opinion was uh, writing an article that um, Jim helped me a little bit with for uh, Farm Indiana, which is an article that I wrote uh, covering our conference that was about food this year. And it sort of tells the story of our conference and the points that it helps me learn. Uh, and it was a lot about sort of food sustainability, learning uh, responsibility uh, for where your food comes from and uh, the people who grow your food, especially if you're getting it locally. Um, so that was really, really fun for me to sort of get my opinion onto a page and start to work with uh, how I can convince others with change. Uh, I'm actually looking at maybe creating another article about this camp because I just think there are so many great people and ideas that uh, so many people should learn about. So the article is one of those things that really helped me get out there, and so I thought I would just share about that a little bit. Well, thank you, Julia. And I just have to say once again how impressed I am. Julia treated us to a filming of her uh, documentary, short film about gender, gender and the relationship, and the relationship with food. With food which I have to say I'd never probably once thought about in a cohesive way, but she really opened my eyes. And although it maybe is tangential to to climate change, it her documentary style was such that I think she's really going to do some great things in this arena as well. I wouldn't be surprised. And we have one more that we'd like to hear from. Um, this is Matthew again. And, uh, yeah, one of the great things is we heard from, um, at this climate camp here, that we're attending right now, we heard from adults who are experts in different areas, but um, also so many presentations from um, other kids, including Julia's um, great documentary and Tomas's presentation about farm workers. Um, but what was also kind of sort of like another learning experience presentation um, was, as Charlotte mentioned, um, cooking dinner and uh, eating dinner. Uh, that was something that I've never really done before just because um, we got food that was just so close and it was just on the farm that we're staying. Um, and when we began, it's just a bunch of, like, raw fruits and vegetables, um, something that a lot of people don't get to experience is just to see um, all those individual um, things before it's all together into a final product. And there was no recipe, there was no formula, there was no plan, really. We just got together and started um, kind of talking about what we could do. We just, we really just tried different things, and it ended up being great. Sure, there were things we could have done better, um, definitely, uh, but we all kind of enjoyed it. It still ended up being I mean, pretty good, pretty good tasting food, and it kind of showed that um, sometimes you have to just jump into things. 
Um, there's not always going to be a, a road that we know is going to get us someplace. It's going to be surefire thing. And I think that's something that we all have to keep in mind after this camp and going on and doing different things um, and that nothing's for sure. Um, and we just have to try things together. The very end, right before this podcast, uh, you watched a short film, The Man Who Planted Trees. What did you think about his efforts? Yeah, that was um, really amazing um, that one person can do all that. And um, it was, it kind of, yeah, it was just, I don't really know what to say. <laughs> I mean, he he did so much selfishly, or selflessly, and um, so many people didn't really give him credit for it, except the few people who did give him credit for it, he really appreciated that. But he planted acorns, thousands of them, and we're hoping that people who listen to this are going to plant the seeds of doing what you can do in your own way, with your own gifts, in your own communities. And you don't necessarily have to come to climb to learn how to participate. I know we're almost out of time today, but I just want to say once again what a delight it has been to be with these wonderfully intelligent and just wonderful, period, <laughs> young people that I know are going to do great things, and I think our future is in very good hands with the environment, uh, with brains and hearts like this in charge. Um, so this has been your host, Kathy Sipple. This has been another episode of 219 Green Connect, and you can find this episode and all the other archived episodes on iTunes, or you can get there via our website, www.219greenconnect.com. And you can look for the show notes to find out more resources that we've mentioned during this episode. Thanks so much.